Is that what I'm saying? Rough Trade Radio. 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 How's that? This is part one of a conversation between Max Richter and Nigel House to celebrate the release of the first in a series of Rough Trade compilations entitled Behind the Counter. Well, I'd like to welcome Max Richter to our podcast room and we're going to talk about his fantastic new compilation he's done for us Behind the Counter with and various other things. And so, hello, Max, and welcome. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so, which, you've, you've done this compilation for us. Um, maybe we could talk about some of the tracks on there and, you know, why you like them and you know, when you first heard them, just stuff like that. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Okay. Um, I mean, the compilation is is very wide-ranging. It goes everywhere, really. Mm. Um, and in, in a way, that's that's sort of my feeling about what music actually is. You know, music is, is not a thing which sits in categories and boxes, but it sort of transcends that. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the pleasures of it, really, you know, discovering things and then following that and you know finding stuff you didn't know about i mean that's one of the great pleasures of of of, you know getting into music and uh so i made these uh this uh gigantic sort of mixtape really um which is a kind of map of my enthusiasms um in a way it's partly also a kind of autobiographical thing you know because you know there's things on here which i've listened to for you know decades uh and loved for decades and then there are things which are kind of brand new you know um, so it kicks off with um, one of my sort of national anthems, really, which is the unanswered question of Charles Ives. Yeah. Um, I, I first heard this when I was about f- maybe 13, 14, this sort of age. And I didn't really know, you know, what modern music was. You know, I'm sort of, you know, I, I, I'm sort of playing Mozart and Beethoven on the piano and listening to, you know, sort of rock music, creative music, punk all of this, but I, I had no idea there was this other thing that orchestras could make this kind of other sort of noise, mm. you know. Um, and I I heard this Charles Ives, which is this crazy sort of collision between, you know, it's a sort of Baroque background uh, music, and then the, the foreground is this really peculiar, weird, atonal sort of trumpet line um, with this sort of odd chorusing of these four flutes and it's the strangest piece of music it really Mm. is it feels like really architectural yeah it feels like it's utterly modern and it comes from kind of nowhere else you know and at the same time it feels like really inevitable it feels like of course somebody had to write that you know it's got this amazing sort of intensity and i was just floored you know so then i sort of started to discover uh, Ives, and then all the sort of American modernists after that, and and that was kind of one of my ways into you know contemporary music. So that's Ives, and and I love the idea of you know asking a question which doesn't get answered, you know, because that's like a really mm. fertile situation, isn't it? Um, he doesn't. It's kind of full of potential, really. You know, keeps asking that question, and the flutes kind of keep trying to answer it and they never really yeah. succeed <laughs> and then it, and it just kind of stops you know it's amazing it's absolutely amazing it is a great track i have to say i've never listened to any charles Ives before but what what year is it from then it's well it was written um either 1906 or 1908 oh, right. so it's you know unbelievably yeah. forward thinking yeah. Um, but then he had to, he waited for 30 years for the yeah. first performance oh, right. because he was really 
he's kind of a maverick figure, yeah. a little bit like one of those sort of outsider artist painters, you know, mm. who do sort of, or, you know, these guys who like, you know, the Watts Towers, you know, who build crazy structures yeah. for kind of no reason and no one notices. He was a bit like that, yeah. you know. He ran an insurance company as his day job, you know. <laughs> yeah. So he had, so he had, a, he had a living, but he was writing this music, you yeah. know, which, which, you know, people thought was insane. Yeah. Um, and it, it kind of is insane, but in a good way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's quite interesting what you were saying earlier on how, you know, the, the different forms of music, and I think that's what Rough Trade has always been about. We've always tried to sell, you know, not a genre of music, but just great music you know, yeah like louis armstrong i think it was he said you know two sorts of music good and bad yeah and you know there's some great there's some great things on here I think. Mm. and that's what we really love we try and you know do a, a whole range of things completely yeah that's what yeah do. absolutely but that's why I, quite, I really like your music because it's that mixture of kind of classical modern modernist music and mm. electronics all mixed in that's great it's yeah i mean i always felt that was quite natural really um you know when i was uh, you know around the same time 13 14 um, I discovered electronic music, mm. having heard Kraftwerk for the first time, yeah. and that my literally was sort of almost like a being struck by lightning hearing that for the first time. Because I, I again, you know, I hadn't ever heard electronic music, so when yeah. I heard Autobahn, I was like, "What is that? What is that noise? Yeah. You know, it's, it's insane noise." And then around that time, I, so immediately I wanted to, you know, get hold of a synthesizer, which at the time cost as much as a house, you know. So yes, I, yeah. Well, that wasn't going to happen. So I built synthesizers from like bags of components yeah. you know, in my bedroom, you know, with the soldering iron <laughs> and stuff. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that sort of, that, um, in a way, that sort of quest for new sounds has always been in music, mm. I think, you know, if you think like the way the orchestra grows through the 19th century is composers like adding new colors yeah. all the time. And I think electronics completely is sort of our version of that. You know, yeah. it's like we, why wouldn't we use electronics? Why wouldn't we use the studio as an instrument? Mm. You know, it is. I'm off to see craft work tonight. Are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah well, I'm <laughs> taking my son right. with me. Did you see him in Oxford when they played there? No, I Just saw them in Berlin week. a couple yeah. of years ago, yeah. Oh, in the, in yeah. the, in the gallery, yeah. in my gallery. I yeah. went to, I saw them at the, um, they did Trans Europe Express and the uh, Tate Modern. Yeah, it's one of the best shows I've ever seen. They it's are amazing, amazing. live. I yeah. mean, I, I just think the. I mean, in a way, it's sort of, it's sort of a bit of a cliche, isn't it? But like the detail and the precision yeah. in that yeah. live show. Exactly. You know, it's like it's <laughs> exactly. engineering. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You know, it's like <laughs> without resorting to national stereotypes. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. but um, they are fantastic, and you know, more important than the Beatles. Well, in a, in a uh, well, arguably. <laughs> yes. I mean, if you think of what, you know, yeah. how those sounds have travelled and fertilised all kinds of d dance musics all over the planet. Right across the world. Yeah. You know, every sort of genre, every style of music, they've changed, I think. They really Incredible. did. Yeah. They, yeah, extraordinary. Yeah. yeah.
So next track is this um, fantastic performance um, of uh, Busoni's piano transcription of this Bach chorale prelude. So it's kind of, um, it's like a, a Bach got these chorale tunes and he, he, a lot of his work is based on these Lutheran chorale tunes. Um, he would, you know, write cantatas the whole time. That was his day job. He had to write a cantata every week to, to be, you know, um, to be performed on a Sunday. And then you take the tunes and use those to do other things. And so you turn them into an organ piece, a chorale prelude. Now, Busoni, at the beginning of the 20th century, made an arrangement of this one for cello piano. And it's just a really beautiful piece, a fantastic performance by Alfred Brendel. And um, in a way, it's a sort of, you know, there's something so kind of elemental about Bach's music. Bach, as well as like being probably like the greatest musical brain that's ever lived, mm. he also invented a language, you know, invented the way we use tonal, tonal language now. So it's a sort of uh, maybe like an answer to Ives' unanswered mm. question a little <laughs> yeah. bit, you know. If we can answer that question at all, then yeah. Bach is going to yeah. be the guy who can answer it in some way, you know. So, uh, and then after that, we go on to a partita, this um, um, Caroline Shaw, amazing Caroline Shaw uh, piece. Partita is a, like it's a Baroque dance form, so that sort of connects into the Bach a little bit. Um, and she's taken kind of avant-garde vocal techniques mm. from the 60s, 50s and 60s, and sort of made this new language. Yeah, I've um, never heard of her, but she reminds me a bit of Meredith Monk. It's very That's much in that world, yeah. yeah. She's an amazing musician, I yeah. think. Um, I came across her um, quite a few years ago when I was playing a show in New York. And uh, she's also kind of a fantastic violinist in her spare time. So she was playing in my band. You yeah. know, we put a band together for a show in New York. And um, then, you know, a couple of years later, she won, <laughs> she actually won the Pulitzer Prize for composition for this piece. Oh, Ran just kind of out of a mm. clear blue sky. Yeah. Suddenly it was like, oh, she, <laughs> she's it's like, oh, she's a composer yeah. <laughs> as well. You know, yeah. so she can kind of do everything. She's a very talented person. And... Um, you know, really thoughtful musician, yeah. really interesting, I think. It was one of the, I have to say, it was one of the ones I, when I was listening through, is yeah. I must check out what else she's done. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's got that sort of what is that yeah, exactly, quality, yeah. you know, really yeah. interesting.
Next is um, this Nadia Boulanger piece. Nadia Boulanger is an amazing uh, teacher, really, academic and uh, based in Paris, who, who was kind of a really pivotal figure in 20th century composition, but not that many people really know about her. She and her sister, Lily Boulanger. Lily Boulanger was a composer who died very young, amazing mm. composer, and Nadia Boulanger, also a composer, who taught, you know, uh, Aaron Copland, Philip Glass... Uh, so many yeah. uh, really uh, eminent composers who came, you know, kind of formed 20th century language. She's the kind of common figure in all yeah. of this. Um, absolutely amazing and a really beautiful piece, I think. Um, and then it's uh, Mogwai Ether, <laughs> bit of a bit of a swerve. Um, I, I just a you know I've always just thought Mogwai one of the most interesting creative sort of bands yeah. out there in terms of like instrumental sound yeah. you know, and storytelling and they're just they're just great you yeah, know amazing, right, right from yeah. the first album they've always just been, been interesting mm. you know and uh, this I think is one of their best things they've yeah. done for a long time yeah. is, uh, I think they're getting better as well I they think. are I mean uh, Revenant the soundtrack to the Revenant, Revenant I thought that was fantastic yeah absolutely and this is brilliant and yeah you know they're on a sort of uh, they're on a hot streak aren't they right now they are um, new album coming yeah right exactly which, you know yeah should be good i think yeah absolutely mm. they're just great you know very yeah. very um yeah it's just great music
Then this Tomades piece, Arcadiana. This is, um, it's just a very beautiful little piece with string quartet. Mm. Um, it's very kind of, um, what can you say? It's very warm. And it plays a lot with music history. It's, it's from his opera. And it's sort of channeling earlier English music. It mm. sort of feels like it's sort of um, very connected to the kind of Purcell and uh, some of that sort of uh, earlier English music. And it's just very beautifully made. Nice performance. Yeah, I think with him, he's kind of an interesting guy, but he doesn't seem to have sort of crossed over into that kind of the more popular sort of classical side, it seems to me. He's, I think he's done some great things, but never quite kind of made that leap that you no. have. I mean, I don't know why particularly. I mm. think he's he's very, very focused on the projects themselves. Mm. In it. And I think he's only about the notes. Yeah. He's, and, and he's, he doesn't uh, sort of reach out beyond that. You know, mm. he's just the notes and that's yeah. it. Um, and he's a very serious-minded guy and, yeah. you know, very, very talented. Probably doesn't want to be in the kind of more popular world. I'm not sure, yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know, actually. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't know him personally, so I, I don't know, but he's very, very kind of a thoughtful yeah. composer. Yeah. You know, just really well-made music. Yeah. And then next is this thing, uh, piece Hocatus David from um, the 14th century, um, composed by Guillaume de Marchaud, uh, from the School of Notre Dame, Paris, um, sort of mid 14th century, early mid 14th century, um, an incredible piece um, based on a you know plain chant, um, bells, trumpets, yeah. atmosphere, yeah. incredible, <laughs> yes. very clever music, yeah. very smart music, but feels very. It's like a sort of ritual music. It also feels now like it's from another planet in yeah. a way. Yeah, but. It, Great colours, you know. Yeah. Okay, so next is uh, Zoetrope, yeah. uh, Boards of Canada. Um, you know, I mean, Boards of Canada, yeah. they're just a phenomenon, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, they've just, yeah. you know, they've been doing incredibly interesting, very distinctive, very beautiful music for, you know, years and years and years. Um, I mean, Music Has the Right to Children is 98. You know, it's crazy, yeah, right? I, I mean, that's just spooky. So yeah, nearly 20, 20 years, years old. Incredible, right? yeah. It but still sounds fresh. Now. Sounds amazing, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, what's funny is that all of that sort of out of tune Juno synth stuff that last couple of years yeah. coming out of Berlin. I mean, it's like you know they've just yeah. like twenty years later they've all caught yeah. up. Um, so, so this is from the EP, which is one of my actually one of my favourite records of theirs because I just think it's very perfect. Mm. That little black EP. Um, and then we go to the Starry Sky Cycle by Urmas Sisask. Um, He's a Estonian, um, quite a sort of relatively unknown composer. Yeah, I've never heard of him. Um, I love that track, though. Um, it's very beautiful. Mm. It's from this gigantic cycle of piano pieces. Um, he's basically done one for every constellation. Mm. So it's a big, long set of <laughs> yes. piano pieces. And he's, he's obsessed with astronomy and, you know, the sort of symbolism and all of this. And it's a kind of a ritual music. It's very beautiful, I think. Mm.
And then we go to Josquin, Josquin um, Key Habitat. Um, this is a 24-part motet, so it's a very, um, it's a very strict bit of choral writing and very nerdy, you know, because obviously in that sort of quite academic tradition of writing at that time, you know, the more parts you had, yeah. the more complicated it is to kind of make the geometries work. And uh, 24 parts is, yeah, it's a lot of parts, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. it's a very beautiful piece, a very clever piece, uh, fantastic performance, I think. Um, and then it goes to Of Late, Howard Skempton, from a big set of uh, piano pieces of his. I think Howard Skempton is, he's just massively underappreciated mm. as a composer. Yeah. You know, he's, he's uh, a miniaturist, um, but also a minimalist, I think. Mm. It's all about you know, maximum utility from the kind of very small uh, body of uh, material. And it's just so beautifully made, mm. his music. It's like a piece of jewellery, I think. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, this piece of late, it lasts, what, about 90 seconds, maybe? Mm. It's probably like eight chords or something. Yeah. But it's just perfect, you know. It's just absolutely perfect. Did he do... A CD for Factory Classical. Do you remember the cl Factory Classical? Factory Classical, yeah. Um, he might have done. I can't remember. He might have, have done. Check, but that was a fun label. He was. I think they're reissuing those. Oh, are they? they? I, I mean, they, the, the time is day. right, definitely. I read somewhere the other day that they're going to they're going to yeah. reissue all those. I wonder who'll be doing that. It wouldn't be Factory. Maybe be Les Temps Modern. Or yeah, one of those I people. don't know. Um, but there's some great stuff on there. Steve Martland was on Steve there. Steve Martland, he? yes, they did a load of that. John Metcalf did some stuff. That's right. Maybe it wasn't Howard Skempton. Maybe. Um, you know. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, no, they're interesting. And you know, you think ahead of its time as well. Really, like a lot of Tony Wilson's things. So Very much. I can't so. imagine they sold anything. I've no, got they them, really but, you know. <laughs> they, they, I think they really struggled. Yes. They really struggled. But, yeah. you know, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I, I guess it's Steve Martin was from Manchester, wasn't he, I think? So maybe that was the connection. Was he? He might have been. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Been. I'm totally sketchy on this. I just, uh, it's such yeah, a well, time, John was there, I remember. John yeah. was, you know, he's... I, I think he did he study there, but he was very hooked into the whole Manchester thing. Yeah, I wonder what sparked it off. There must have been somebody, and maybe it was. I think John did. Years, I think John what got him going. Him. Yeah, how interesting. Because he was, if I'm not hallucinating, I think he played in Deruti Column. Oh, is that right? As a, in, he plays the drums. I'm not sure if that's yeah. really true, but he was <laughs> somehow hooked into them. Yeah, and he's now he's obviously a fantastic viola player yeah. and composer of his own work now. Um, but he was sort of involved in that yeah. one. I think he made the connection. Oh, right. So that maybe sort of kick-started or... Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so that's Howard Skempton. And then we've got Bobbing Beams of Light, which is the early Caitlin Aurelia Smith. I mean, she probably... I mean, it's all early, isn't it? I mean, she's sort of only done a couple yes. of albums. But this she's is from... two a, new ones coming. Yeah, amazing. So, yeah. She's an amazing um, yeah. talent, I think. Yeah. You know, very complete music, very interesting music. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, this is a sort of early sort of Buchler uh, improv. Yeah, um, it's fantastic. I think she, I wonder if she might go down the path that Julia Holt has gone down slightly and become quite not Kate Bushy, but a bit more sort of songy. I think she could do it. Yeah, those Definitely. songs with the electronics. That's what I'd hope she'd be doing. Yeah, you know, if I was a record company. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. More songs, please. Yes. 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 That's great. <laughs> yeah. No, I think she's a really interesting talent. Yes. No, I agree. Really interesting.
and then we've got this amazing um, piece of vocal music, uh, Di Torrente, uh, from Handel, Dixit Dominus. Um, this is just a very beautiful piece of uh, uh, setting of this text for um, so orchestra choir and then two solo lines, a soprano mezzo line, fantastic. Just, I mean, Handel's amazing because he's he's a sort of. Um, I I just think I he's would have been an interesting guy to meet, mm. you know. Yeah. Because Handel, you know, he wrote so much music. He was like a music factory, and he was constantly like recycling stuff, yeah. uh, stealing from other composers. Well, interesting then. You know, repurposing. You yeah. know, he, I mean, like Messiah, probably about three quarters of it is like repurposed from his own works and other people's yeah. works you know he just like he just didn't care you know he's yeah. just like getting it done yeah um i think he's a really really interesting figure and and just i mean it's incredibly good music it's mm. just so well made i mean bach said you know if i weren't bach i want to be handel yeah <laughs> it's not bad is it <laughs> no quite. coming from him yeah <laughs> um and then we've got this piece, Mercy. It's a piece of mine. Um, so this is, a, I, I wrote this for Hilary Hahn for um, a project of hers where she commissioned um, a load of composers to write short pieces on course. Mm. Um, so this is a violin and piano, kind of a sketch, really. It's a sketch for a bigger piece I'm, I've been working on for years and years. Um, and it's it's sort of hooked into the idea of well yes mercy basically um and the politics uh of our time you know where we things are getting more and more crazy mm. um and every time you think it's things have sort of reached the bottom we find a new way <laughs> yeah. we yeah. find a new way to kind of sink <laughs> into some new state of chaos yeah and uh so that's really what mercy is about um I sort of use the te those fantastic Shakespeare text from Merchant of Venice, you know, The Quality of Mercy, mm. which is a very inspiring and beautiful text.
Um, and then we go to Rachmaninoff, um, the Vespers, this uh, little section from the Vespers, Rejoice a Virgin, which is, I mean, the whole of the Rachmaninoff Vespers mm. is just insanely good. Yeah. Um, absolutely amazing piece and a great performance of this uh, from Tenebrae. And you're a fan of Monteverdi's Vespers? Yes. Well, the Monteverdi Vespers are absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely amazing. And he's, I mean, He's a wonderful composer. Yeah, it's quite interesting as well, I think, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he he wrote, I mean, he basically wrote madrigals, mostly. Yeah. And then, obviously, the operas, you know, Orfeo and Popeye and stuff. Yeah, which are fantastic. They're absolutely brilliant. Quite modern. I mean, for when they're yeah. written, they're very modern-sounding, aren't they? Yeah, well, I think his, like, he, at that time, the sort of prevailing music culture allowed a lot of dissonance. Yeah. Which he really went for. Yeah. You know, and mm. to our ears now it sounds spookily modern. Yeah, exactly. Because later on, you know, attitudes to kind of dissonance were, you know, much more conservative. Um, so you get these sorts of flashes of incredible colour in yeah. the harmony in Monteverdi, which just, you know, take your breath away. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Last Things Last, which I, I it's from Rachel's, from the album Systems <laughs> Layers, yeah. which I, I love that record yeah. so much. And that for me was like a, uh, I mean, it's really old. It's like 92 or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, and I mean, they were really sort of forerunners of something, mm. those guys. And I never really felt Rachel's got their due no, at I all. Agree. <clears throat> um, because, you know, I mean, it literally sounds like it could be coming out of, you know, somewhere, you know, Williamsburg or something. Mm. Kind of now. Yeah, you exactly, know? yeah. And um, there they were sort of toiling away in... Um, is it Louisville? I think they I were, think it was or something, something like yeah. that. Yes, you know, and and um, no one really cared. We did, for a while we saw quite a lot of their records, mm. but then it kind of tailed off. They did a soundtrack for something, didn't they? Which I can't remember what that was, but that was yeah, which was really good. And then it's nothing for a while now. Yeah, well, I mean, they don't they don't They're exist nothing, anymore. They? No, they don't. I mean, one of the the central figures died, in oh. fact, a few years ago. Yeah, but even before that, they it they just, sort yeah. of stopped. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of they have dropped off the, you know some bands from round about then people still ask for them but very rarely for the Rachels it's yeah. a real shame I think yeah. so I, I agree with you I think they were fantastic they group, were, they you know. were they were maybe their time will come around you know how these yeah. things come around their that's time right, will yeah. come again yeah but I mean that's just it's an amazing yeah. song and just beautifully made it is really lovely mm.
And then John Luther Adams, Canticles of the Sky, um, and this is a section called Sky with Four Sons. And this is for, um, I mean, John Luther Adams is a really interesting guy. He is from Alaska, and he, uh, he's a sort of a nature uh, composer. Oh, yeah. He's like, he's a sort of composer equivalent of like Andy Goldsworthy, someone mm. like that, you know. So he's all about nature. Uh, and he's very sort of hooked into sort of environmental politics and all of mm. this kind of thing. And so this piece is a is some sort of evocation of a sort of natural yeah. state. And he uses a lot of kind of overtone, sort of spectralist techniques in this really amazing way, um, a very personal way. Um, and uh, so he's written this piece, which is for 48 cellos. So yeah. that whole amazing sort of drone scale. Yeah. Is, is a cello orchestra, which is a great idea. Yeah. And I just think, you know, we should all be yeah. writing for 48 cellos. Yeah. It's really wonderful. And then we have Vasa Clavia, which is one of three um, little piano pieces which uh, Luciano Berrio wrote. Um, and uh, Berrio is my teacher, so yeah, I'm I sort of connected. You. I didn't know that. Yeah. Really interesting, that was. Yeah, it? yeah. So I'm, I'm sort of, you know, I'm very, just obviously very fond of his music yeah. and I wanted to include something of his yeah. in this set. In this set, And um, this is a really beautiful piece. It's sort of channeling Brahms and, and Schubert, but in this sort of very clever way. So you don't really know mm. what's sort of sitting behind this music, but something in you kind of recognizes yeah. it and it feels quite romantic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a, a beautiful little piece. So that's the end of side one on the CD. That is side one done.
Rough Trade Radio. Reviews and subscriptions help to support what we do. So if you like what you hear, then please rate us on iTunes.